I'm Anna. And I'm Foss. <laughs> and this is the Growth Groupies Podcast. Today we are questioning what would you do for a career if money wasn't an option? Which is a very like cliche question, but it's cliche for a reason because it offers a lot of insight. So Foz, do you want to go first? Sure. I don't think people are going to like my response. Um, so I don't have the belief of if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Mm-hmm. I like my job. I am good at my job. Do you love your job? I love aspects of it. Yeah. Okay. That's right. But is it something that I would want to do in my free time? No. It's for me, it's a job. It's separate mm-hmm. from my life. There are hobbies that I have that some people who are more aspirational than me at one point might have thought to turn into a job. But I'm okay, for me, I'm okay with those things Mm -hmm. just being hobbies because, frankly, you would have to be, like, a savant to be, Mm -hmm. like, Rolling in the kind of income that you Yeah, basically, I chose stability. Yeah. And, you know, as a pharmacist, there, like I said, there are a lot Mm -hmm. of great aspects to my job. One of them is the stability. Mm -hmm. It is the the income Mm -hmm. that affords me to be able to live how I want to. Mm and enjoy other aspects of my life enjoy mm-hmm. my job incredibly stressful there are things i do in my spare time mm-hmm. yoga painting things like mm-hmm. that you could turn that into a career mm-hmm. i'm not frankly talented enough to be a <laughs> professional painter and live independently mm-hmm. some people are mm-hmm. and that's great mm-hmm. um and that's something i actually saw with my dad and i'm probably mm-hmm. talking more than i normally do but that is my goal for some context, um, my dad didn't grow up with a ton of mm-hmm. money. He's the youngest of seven kids. Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, my, my grandpa was a meat cutter. and um, Sounds like a high-paying job. You know, <laughs> it, I think kids. it was in a union, so like oh, at least sure. there were some benefits. Yeah. But you had to stretch to make that cover. Seven kids? I can imagine. I mean, we grew up in Indian Prairie, so like the price tag on having a child in EP is like... Probably a million dollars. Yes. So I just can't even imagine having seven. So there was a lot of like secondhand clothes, you know, mm-hmm. buying or not even buying, um, getting car parts from like the dump kind of vibes. Okay. Anyway, so Those he are good resourceful skills. He, like myself, he he is very like artistic and enjoys that mm-hmm. aspect. But he went into engineering. Very stable, a lot of studying. Not necessarily everyone's most fun hobby, but <laughs> a stable job. Now, later in his life, he kind of left that part mm-hmm. and, and now independently makes watches. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's an artistic thing that he likes. He pretty much left his engineering job? Oh, yeah. Yep. He quit a couple of years ago, officially. Wait, how old is he? Um, 57? So did he, like, retire or he just can do watches now? Yeah, so he just does his watches. And what I'm, what I'm getting at is... In our family, that's like kind of a risky thing, yeah. but he loves it. He's good at it. And because he's put so much into it, it yeah. has been financially successful. Yeah. Now, after he had had several years mm-hmm. of a stable income, yeah. he was able to put money into this and take that risk yeah. in ways that I don't think I would be able to at 22. And I don't think he would have been able to without the disposable income from his engineering Yes, job. that safety, and he had already saved up for retirement. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom is still working, so they're getting health care from her mm-hmm. until they, you know, reach yeah. 65 or whatever. Yeah. So basically, that's kind of what I've seen in my mm-hmm. life. 
um, and I'm comfortable with the choices that I've made. Mm-hmm. So three questions. But- <laughs> I have three things to say. I'm just going to say them all so I don't forget, and then you can answer them. Okay. Okay. Most recent is, like, so does your dad work when he's making watches? Because you said you don't believe in if you love it, then you never work a day in your in your life. So is your dad, he loves making watches, so is he working is the first question. Okay. And then my second question is, I am a little bit of a workaholic. Like, I got a part-time job just to fill my time. Also, I need the money because I'm a poor teacher. But... I, like, genuinely am happier the nights I go to my part-time job than I am when I just go home because I don't know what I enjoy to do in my downtime, which I think should be another podcast episode. Um, I was listening to this thing, and it's just, like, people, a lot of unhappiness comes from, like, having a false sense of what brings happiness. So, like, a lot of times we think it's, like, I just need to relax hard. Like, I need to shove my face with junk food and just, like, watch TV. Like, that is going to be, like... I'm doing nothing. Like, a lot of times, like, the most, like, restorative things are things that require a little bit of work. Like, going on a bike ride is so fun, but a lot of times if I'm, like, having downtime, I don't think of, like, exerting energy on a bike ride is, like, yeah. downtime. You know what I mean? So, anyways, that we can dive into more later. Like, I feel like I don't even know, like, you said that you just, like, well, like, you wouldn't be a pharmacist, like, as a hobby or, like, there's other, like, hobby things. Like, I think like I don't even know. Like, if I didn't work, I literally don't know what I would do with myself. Experienced that a lot during COVID. Um, and then, oh, I should have wrote, wrote it down. What's the third thing I was going to say? I don't know. Okay. That's okay. Um, I think if you ask my dad, he would consider that he still is working and Mm -hmm. it's almost because he's self-employed it's like Mm -hmm. the clock never stops and he's pretty anxious like myself like Mm -hmm. I'm sure you know he's constantly thinking about it his Mm -hmm. personal phone is now his work phone too you know he always answers his phone very professionally like because anyone could be calling anyone could be Instagram Mm -hmm. DMing him and like but the thing is he loves it yeah it's his pride and joy he is so like happy about it it's grown in ways he never thought possible Mm -hmm. and you know seeing that and seeing that he's been able to turn something that was more of a hobby designing Mm -hmm. and fixing watches into Mm -hmm. something that's actually been financially successful yeah that's crazy like and and every day he's like it could be the last watch i ever sell we don't know it's all an experiment that is so true um but yeah he's working and and since he's like physically like doing stuff like his Mm -hmm. his hands are like sore like he you know like he's you know soldering things like it's but he likes it i i just don't know i would have to ask him i guess if some of the the joy and the magic has worn off i I don't know so if we lived in a communist society oh god your money did not matter in any sense what would you choose to do as a profession well see this is where I start to think. And I think we also have to add that there's no, like, status. Right. So there's no financial gains and there's no status gains. Okay. Well, so then I think about certain aspects of my job that I think could be transferred to other jobs, and you just have to figure out, like, Girl, what... you're so logical. Okay. <laughs> I think you're not answering the question. Just let me... Just let me. <laughs> you have to think about things that make you happy, and these can be found in multiple jobs. That's what I'm saying. I'm sure there's a lot of things I like about my job that you also like about teaching, mm-hmm. so... One, being a pharmacist, mm-hmm. I get to work with a lot of different members of the healthcare mm-hmm. team. 
um, and I get to help them out, where I also mm. get to help out patients. So mm. I really like that aspect. Mm. Um, I like feeling useful and, and helping. Um, another thing is that there's a lot of critical thinking, and sometimes this can be a big stressor of my mm. job. Is are we making the right decision? There's X, Y, Z factors. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a puzzle. Mm-hmm. I think you could find that in other careers as mm-hmm. well. Um, I I do like learning. I mean, I mm-hmm. feel like you don't go to school for, for that long without yeah. liking some aspects. I like mm-hmm. knowing how things work. Um, mm-hmm. and again, you could find that in, mm-hmm. in other fields. Now, there are mm-hmm. like limiting, limiting sides to that. I mean, mm-hmm. what was the question? <laughs> Sorry. So, that's what I'm saying. I feel like... I feel like the answer is you don't know. Well, oh, what like, I would do. If, I mean, not that like, I mean, communism is like lots of downfalls. I mean, personal opinion. But like, I'm just saying like, if there was no financial benefits or a, like social benefits, like what would you do to like, I mean, I guess like maybe would you just like do a hobby or something? Well, yeah. Or, like, or is there... A, or is there a sense of like contributing to society? Like what would you do to like contribute to society is a different question than like what would you do to pass your time? Yeah, I don't really know. I mean, I think it would be, and, and you've already, mm-hmm. I think, done this, is I like going to yoga classes, mm-hmm. but I'm not like certified in the teaching aspect. Yeah. I don't know if I would like that, but like that That's could nice. be something interesting to pursue. Um, I think working outside could mm-hmm. be nice. I mean, I don't get to be outside or even yeah. by a window sometimes. Yeah. So having a job where you could do that would be mm-hmm. really cool to me. And like, I've been a yoga teacher and I think a huge part of it is, um, like how many hours are you required to work? Cause it is really fun to teach like one yoga class a day. It is not fun to teach five. Yeah, no. I and mean, that's like not really sustainable. But if you think about working eight hours a day, you'd have to teach at least like five or six yoga classes, right? But see then for me... And then it's not fun. That's what I'm saying is, yeah, it would... And then I'm like, I would rather just go take a class and enjoy it Mm -hmm. than have to teach three or four in a day. Yeah, so I think there's lots of like nuances to this question. So this question is really like, how... If you had to do the same thing for eight hours a day... What would you choose? Well, see, and that's my thing is I would just choose the job I currently have because I know it. I know the constraints. Yeah. I know the pros and cons, and I can work within them. Yeah. Like, I can only think about jobs I've had in the past. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like... Well, what do you think? Sorry, I haven't been asking. It's been really one-sided. I'm this sorry. This is good. No, every, this isn't my goal to talk less. So I feel very successful and accomplished in this conversation. Oh so thank you for allowing me to feel that way. Um, I would say that, like, my dream job is to be a sped teacher with adequate resources and adequate support yeah and adequate compensation like if i had a caseload of 12 which like the minnetonka school district like from what i've heard has a case you're using a lot of really specific names and districts here (laughs) if you're comfortable with that i'm comfortable with it i'm talking about them positively like okay the information that i know is like they have like caseloads of like 12 to 15. So, like, I'm not, like, I really love my school because I love my people. I do think my job would be more enjoyable with a caseload of 12 versus, like, 25 to, like, 27. Yes. And so I feel like in my life I want to work to, like, pass laws that make education fair to the students, fair to the teachers, and then just make it feasible because we, Foz and I were talking about 
major issue is funding in education and state funding for education is a fixed two percent but last year interest went up eight percent so times that over the course of like multiple years like when did like education start maybe like a hundred like public schools probably started like a hundred years ago maybe like 1920s wait maybe like 1800s the Socratic classrooms are timeless. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. <laughs> okay, so let's say like over the course of like a couple hundred years. Yeah. That's huge, At least right? 1776 and onward, probably. Yeah, right? Or like whenever this like fixed 2% became a lie, I should check into that. But like even in just like the difference between like 2% increase versus 8% inflation in one year is huge. Imagine like over the course of like multiple years. Yeah. And so we're getting this place where just like the cost of gas the operating costs the operating costs are like we're getting really close to the point where it's more than the funding and there's not like it's not like we're a company that sells product and we can like increase our like income like we have a fixed dollar amount that comes in so if operating costs are more than that like we don't have very many options and so there's lots of things in education that just won't allow education to continue as it currently is, which is true for anything. Like if we never updated, like if if the whole world was progressing, but we never updated the technology for like automobiles, that would be like a huge issue, right? It's like most things change and update with society, but school systems don't. Yeah. And I so I just really wanna like, I feel like, my like, life, like, passion is, like, to create laws that, like, allow schools to continue to function in the future and that are fair to students, fair to teachers, and, like, really, like, that is, like, good for all of society. And so, like, something, like, I would be a SPED, like, my dream job is being a SPED teacher with, like, a caseload of, like, 15 and, like, adequate para support for my students who need it. Like, that would be my dream job. And adequate compensation. I wish that, like, yeah, I, I could make like, what my friends are making in corporate America. Yeah. No, I mean, I have pharmacist colleagues who are working in industry, and they are making two times the amount mm-hmm. that I... Which I obviously, like, it's, it is a comfortable wage. Like, yeah. I'm not complaining in any regard. But, like, mm-hmm. we're on the front lines. Like, I'm treating people in the emergency department. Yes. And these industry jobs are just... Mm-hmm. The lifestyle component is mm-hmm. so luxurious. Mm-hmm. These people are working from home. They're mm-hmm. getting company cars. Mm-hmm. They're getting stipends. Mm-hmm. They're getting all of this stuff. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, do I compromise what, like, I think is valuable? Mm-hmm. I, you know, you don't know. Like, yeah, it's a great question. Um, and I think there's a lot of parallels between healthcare and education, like, yes. in the, the funding aspect mm-hmm. and the operating costs. I mean... Mm-hmm when the hospital is well staffed i mean sometimes we can't even admit patients because we don't have enough beds not because they're full Mm -hmm. but because we don't have enough hospital staff Mm -hmm. to care for them yeah and i think there are a lot of similarities and i think that people just expect the backbone of society to continue to function without attention the way it always has and the way that it always has but that's exactly what i'm saying is nothing continues to function the way it always has like if automobiles never updated or changed well, and yeah, all we'd, society be, we'd did, be like on horses we'd be on horses still but also we'd have an iphone like that wouldn't make sense like 
Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, I'm saying that, like, all of society continues to progress, but education. So, that'd be like, imagine having an iPhone. Like, computers are progressing with all of society, but automobiles aren't. So, you're riding, like, you have GPS, but you're riding on a horse. Like, that just doesn't work, right? And that's how education is. Like, it is not progressing with society. And so, that's why there's so, like, that would be an issue in any industry. And I think, like, healthcare is very similar because people don't want to give attention or energy or financial resources to something that they just think is a basic human right. And I agree that education and healthcare is a basic human right, but it requires resources and energy and money that people just like don't want to give. I know. I know. And we've been talking about, you know, like what our taxes are are going to and and all this stuff. and And taxes are so high and that really is disappointing to me. And so, like, I totally feel that. Like, it's annoying that and taxes are annoying. I agree with that. Also, we need to invest in education and healthcare because if we don't, they're not going to continue to function. Like, we need to take care of them. Yeah. And, like, one example that is discrimination is a SPED student only gets 25% funding from the government when a general education student gets 100% funding. You would so think, because you're disabled, you, you only have 25%. You would need more funding because there needs you need to more be... resources. And you need professionals who are trained to, to manage and, and help. And I'm, I'm sure there's yes. there's different needs with these different kids. Yes. I mean... And so one student could need like an OT specialist. Yeah. They could need a speech therapist. They could need um like um DAPE. It's like... um It works like... A DAPE specialist would work on, like, fine motor skills. Mm, okay. um, or, like, gross motor skills more so. Um, so, like, yeah, like, a student needs a lot more support. And so that's, like, the government's reasoning is, like, well, we don't have money for all those extra resources, so we're only going... We only, we only have the money for 25%. But when you look at it from, like, because I have a disability, I get 25% funding, like, that is discriminatory. And Walls is trying to pass... Um, legislation that would increase sped funding to 50% and it which is, is like which is good but like why are we yes, like God. like it is so sad that's increasing to 50% would change our world it, doubles it. I mean, it would change our world in education but it is sad that 50% would change our world that just shows you how bad things are currently well, it just it basically like it and, and this is all new information to me but like it, in my mind it, it basically is saying like well, this student's education is worth, like, 50% of this yeah. other student. Like, that doesn't, yes. like, and that's like, terrible. You are only, like, yeah. Like, you don't get, you're, like, I believe that education is a human right. And a lot of, like, um, like laws say that, like, students have a right to equitable, accessible education. So, like, it is a right. But to say that, like, you only get 25% funding is saying that you don't have as much of a right yeah. compared to your well, non-disabled peers. You have 25% of what someone yes. else like has. Yes, they have 100% right, you only have 25% right. That's so And bad. it does... people know, like, I didn't know this. If you don't know, like, then you exactly. don't know. Yeah, and I didn't know that because in a whole other issue that, like, the human brain at any given moment, there is more information around us than our brain can process. So our brain selects the pieces of information to process based on what we think is relevant, like our survival, yada, 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 like our mindset. And so we have to like filter 
mm. information around us. So the brain filters things based on our mindset, based on our limiting beliefs, but also like based on like what could be a threat. So that's why our brain is very interested in things that seem like threatening. And that's like a huge reason why like the news industry is all based on like negative like super like flashy threatening stuff because like it gets more clicks on the internet and it gets more viewers and i like understand that like they need to make money to continue but things that are really really important don't get any coverage because they're not entertaining enough mm-hmm. and so then to get any sense of like coverage you need to sensationalize it and you need to like come up with this whole strategy just to get people to pay attention and so that's why nobody knows about it like I didn't even know about it I mean I guess I'm only like a first year teacher but like I didn't know until I was a teacher yeah well I mean we're inundated with all this information and we've got people working in very specialized fields and and there's things about healthcare that you don't know until you're in too deep and you're Mm -hmm. trying to explain it to the I mean, how many, how many questions do you think I get as a pharmacist from friends and family members about specific drugs and why they are expensive for that individual person? I don't know what they have, what they're treating, what insurance they have, if they have insurance, what Mm -hmm. the pharmacy is making. I don't have that information. Yeah. But I can tell you that most retail pharmacies are losing money on the prescriptions that they fill. They are not making money from it because in their, all their, yeah, I don't even get into that. We can start a topic, but so I'm not personally benefiting from big pharma right now. Okay. <laughs> and so I feel like to wrap it up, like in an ideal world, I would be a SPET teacher with like adequate funding, adequate resource, adequate support. And you'd say that you're just keeping that pharmacist pretty much. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean that, that understates a little <laughs> bit. Um, obviously there are aspects of my job that, you know, that would be great if we had mm-hmm. again, adequate staffing and, resources and and things like that Mm -hmm. of course there's like the idealized version of my job and then there's like the really bad days where I like can't sleep at night because I'm Mm -hmm. stressed about everything that could have gone wrong um (laughs) and kind of like people's lives in your hand with like their medicine yeah but yeah so there's a lot of liability but I feel like with jobs and and making money you kind of have to like pick your hard Mm -hmm. like yeah, there's really some stressful aspects Mm -hmm. at work, but I would be really stressful or I would be really stressed if I was in a career that was maybe a little less stable, but more exciting. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of like highs and lows with certain Mm -hmm. industries. And And I think a huge part that we didn't talk about is the people that are around you. Yes. Like I love my team so much and I love the people and they make my job so rewarding Mm -hmm. because of them like them just being like my partner and being my team makes my job so enjoyable and like makes me so excited to come to work and so I feel like a huge part of like a dream job you also have to factor in like who are the people around you like who's your team really can't control that at all that um but you can obviously you can switch jobs and and hope for the best or you can try to work with what you have but it does make a difference and if you think about how much time we're spending with Mm -hmm. these people more than our own families Mm -hmm. sometimes yeah um yeah it can make all the difference all right